0: European Heart Journal Case Reports 2021. I'm Dr Jenny Han, Podcast Editor. Today, I'll be talking about a case report by Yuji Morito, Masahiro Kamada, Shinsaku Matsumoto, and Koji Kido from the Hiroshima Citizens Hospital, Hiroshima, Japan, titled, Importance of Blood Pressure Control in Kawasaki Disease with Expanded Multiple Giant Coronary Aneurysms with a 32mm Maximum Diameter a case report. The main complication of Kawasaki disease is the development of coronary artery aneurysms. Some of these may be progressive giant coronary aneurysms of at least 10 mm in diameter, which can be called super-giant coronary artery aneurysms, and are associated with a high risk of rupture. This case demonstrates multiple super-giant coronary artery aneurysms in a paediatric patient with Kawasaki disease, was managed successfully with aggressive blood pressure control. The case A six year old Japanese boy with a background of autism spectrum disorder presented with four days of fever, conjunctival hyperemia, redness of the lips, cervical lymphadenopathy, swollen hands and feet, and a polymorphous rash. He was diagnosed with Kawasaki disease and was given high dose IVIG intravenous immunoglobulin. Four days later, His serum CRP, C-reactive protein, levels increased to 220 mg per litre and he was given three days of intravenous methylprednisolone followed by oral prednisolone. On day 13 of his illness, echocardiogram showed dilatation of the RCA, right coronary artery, and LAD, left anterior descending artery. And he was started on warfarin. Repeat echocardiogram on day 38 showed severe dilation of the RCA. 21.6 21.6 millimetres at maximum diameter, and also the LAD, 30.4 millimetres at maximum diameter. On day 41, he was admitted to a tertiary hospital with chest pain. On examination, he had a fever of 38.4 degrees, regular pulse of 120 beats per minute, and stage 2 hypertension with 128 over 75 millimetres of mercury. He also had a systolic murmur due to mitral regurgitation. Investigations showed elevated serum CRP of 21 mg per litre, elevated troponin of 0.18 nanograms per milliliter, and ECG showed transient ST depression in the lateral leads. Repeat echocardiogram conferred multiple coronary artery aneurysms with marked RCA dilation and expanding LAD. Echocardiographic Z scores adjusted for body surface area were used for measurements. The coronary artery diameter of Segment 1 was 24.3 mm, with a Z-score of 20.8. The diameter of Segment 3 was 24.4 mm. The diameter of the left anterior descending branch was 32.6 mm, with a Z-score of 20.1. There was also a thrombus within the supergiant coronary aneurysm in Segment 3 of the peripheral RCA, and the supergiant coronary aneurysm in Segment 6 was exerting slight pressure on the left ventricle. As there were multiple super-giant coronary aneurysms with large diameters, the patient was thought to be at high risk of rupture and transferred to the ICU, intensive care unit, for endotracheal intubation and general anesthesia. He had continuous blood pressure monitoring and strict systolic blood pressure control was maintained at 80 mercury or less through many intravenous antihypertensive agents, nicardipine hydrochloride, caperatide and sodium nitroprusside hydrate. There was a temporary decrease in urine volume due to aggressive blood pressure control, which was managed through temporary hemodialysis. He was also given heparin as antithrombotic therapy. For anti-inflammatory therapy, he had six days of plasma exchange, followed by infliximab and further IVIG. On day 49, echocardiogram showed almost complete resolution of the thrombus in segment 3 of the RCA, and no further expansion or progression of the coronary artery aneurysms. He was weaned from sedation and his antihypertensive agents were changed to oral formulations. He continued to receive intravenous heparin together with oral aspirin and warfarin with a target INR of 2.5 to 3 to prevent thrombus formation in the giant coronary artery aneurysms. Clopidogrel was added as his INR had not reached the target. However, echocardiogram on day 67 showed further thrombus formation in segment 3 of the RCA. Intravenous alteplase was given, and warfarin was increased to achieve INR 3 to 3.5, which was able to cause the thrombus to shrink and disappear. He was discharged on day 91 with triple antithrombotic therapy. He had follow-up cardiac CT, computerised tomography, and CMR, cardiac magnetic resonance imaging, performed four months later, which showed no increase in coronary artery aneurysm size, no thrombus formation, and well-preserved cardiac function. However, there was some hyperperfusion in the RCA perfusion region of the left ventricle on adenosine loading for myocardial perfusion imaging by first-pass contrast enhanced CMR and late gadolinium enhancement in the same area at rest. One year on, he remains on triple antithrombotic therapy and is doing well with regular outpatient checks. Discussion Kawasaki disease is an acute systemic vasculitis of childhood. The prevalence of Kawasaki disease is higher in Asian countries, such as Japan, where the incidence in 2014 was 264 per 100,000 children. It mostly occurs in children under 5 years, and most cases are self-limited. The pathogenesis is not completely understood, but several possible external triggers are being investigated, and several genetic polymorphisms of the IgG receptor have been identified, which increase susceptibility to developing Kawasaki disease. Complete Kawasaki disease is diagnosed through clinical findings. The 2017 American Heart Association guidelines, which are also recommended in Europe, state a fever of 38 degrees or above for longer than five days, with at least four out of five symptoms involving conjunctival changes, lymphadenopathy, skin rash, extremity changes, and mucosal changes. However, those with fever and fewer than four symptoms can be diagnosed with Kawasaki disease if coronary artery disease is detected through echocardiogram or coronary angiography. In the acute febrile phase, Kawasaki disease can lead to systemic inflammation in multiple organs and medium-sized arteries. The main complication is the development of coronary artery aneurysms, which occurs in approximately a quarter of untreated cases. The complication rate is related to the diameter and the Z-score which can be calculated using echocardiogram. The Z-score corrects the absolute size in millimetres for body surface area of the child. Giant coronary artery aneurysms are defined as those with a diameter greater than 8 millimetres or a Z-score of 10. These generally have a low complication rate of 0.13%. However, supergiant coronary artery aneurysms, which are progressively expanding and have a diameter of at least 10 millimetres, have been associated with high rupture risks. Kawasaki disease-associated giant coronary artery aneurysms tend to occur in the acute phase of illness, in the first few months of onset. It may lead to myocardial infarction, rupture, or sudden cardiac death. Rupture is a life-threatening complication. An analysis of 14 cases of coronary artery aneurysm rupture associated with Kawasaki disease in Japan between 1999 and 2010 showed 12 deaths, or 86% mortality. Nine of these cases with echocardiographic findings reported a maximum aneurysm diameter between 10 to 19 millimetres in six patients. One case had an RCA aneurysm with maximum diameter of 20 millimetres, and another had an RCA aneurysm with a maximum diameter of 30 millimetres. This case was the only report of a paediatric patient In the acute phase of Kawasaki disease with multiple giant coronary artery aneurysms over 20mm, or an LAD with 32mm maximum diameter. The literature on the management of blood pressure related to coronary artery aneurysm in Kawasaki disease is limited. Hypertension is well known to be related to coronary artery disease and aneurysms in adults but there have been few reports on the relationship between hypertension and the development of coronary artery aneurysms in the acute phase of Kawasaki disease. Currently, there are no specific guidelines on the management of blood pressure in Kawasaki disease. The pathophysiology of aneurysm formation in Kawasaki disease involves dissociation and destruction of the internal elastic lamina of the coronary artery wall. Due to this, the authors believed that these arteries are more susceptible to hypertension. For this case, the stage 2 hypertension, defined as greater than 99th percentile of normal, was likely secondary to the steroids. And the authors used aggressive blood pressure control with continuous arterial pressure monitoring to prevent expansion and rupture of the multiple supergiant coronary artery aneurysms, which was successful in this case. They focused on controlling the systolic blood pressure as this exerts the highest pressure on the coronary wall. For Kawasaki disease, The European or American guidelines recommend initial management with a single infusion of IVIG in the acute phase and moderate to high-dose aspirin, at least until the patient is afebrile. 20-40% of patients are IVIG-resistant and are at higher risk of developing coronary artery aneurysms. There is some evidence for the use of corticosteroids in these patients with severe Karasaki disease, as seen in this case. TNF-alpha blockade with agents such as infliximab is also an option for those with persistent inflammation despite IVIG, which was also used in this case. Alternative treatments for IVIG-resistant patients include cyclosporin, anakinra, cyclophosphamide and plasma exchange. Antithrombotic therapy is recommended to patients with medium-sized coronary artery aneurysms or larger. Those with a medium-sized aneurysm, Z-score 5-10, to should take aspirin at 3 to 5 mg per kilogram per day, with the addition of an antagonist of ADP mediated platelet aggregation such as clopidogrel. Those with giant aneurysms may need anticoagulation with low molecular weight heparin or warfarin with INR between 2 and 3, as well as antiplatelet therapy with aspirin. For those at greater risk, triple therapy with the addition of antiplatelet agent can be considered. However, there are no randomised clinical trials for the safety and efficacy of prophylaxis of coronary thrombosis in Kawasaki disease, as the power is limited by small patient numbers. In this case, the thrombus in the RCA reoccurred during triple therapy, requiring alteplase, followed by dose adjustment of warfarin. There also appeared to be ischemia and fibrosis in the RCA perfusion region of the left ventricle, shown through CMR, related to the site of the coronary artery aneurysm and thrombus. Late gadolinium enhancement is rare in patients with Kawasaki disease, but it is reportedly associated with long-term left ventricular dysfunction. Due to this, a high risk of cardiovascular events still exists for this patient. According to the 2017 American Heart Association guidelines, his risk level is 5.1, meaning he has current or persistent giant aneurysm. This means he will need to remain under careful follow-up with cardiology assessment every three to six months and assessment for inducible myocardial ischemia every six to 12 months. The authors have highlighted the following learning points. In Kawasaki disease, supergiant coronary artery aneurysms, which rapidly dilate and can exceed 10mm in diameter, carry a high risk of rupture. Strict control of blood pressure with continuous monitoring of arterial pressure under general anesthesia can be useful in Kawasaki disease patients with supergiant coronary artery aneurysm. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this fascinating case for us and thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Reports podcasts. References used to create this podcast and the original case report are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash ehjcr for other interesting case reports. Music is computer by State Shut.